Come on, get that Bieber back. Um, I don't know who that is. Never mind. Uh, so we got a lot going on. Uh, if you don't know, uh, you need to get a turkey thawing now. Um, and, uh, and a lot is coming up, and our church calendar is filling up, and I just want to take a few minutes before I jump into our sermon just to kind of catch you up on some things that are going on. That way you can get some save the dates uh, and all that fun stuff. First of all, uh, you'll see all the boxes on the side here. We have adopted a new ministry partner because uh, they are new in the city, but not new to Bannockburn necessarily. Hungry Souls uh, is we are partnering with them. They have come out uh, and they are feeding kids specifically right now at Dripping Springs Elementary School. They are feeding uh, upwards of about 200 families uh, every week right now. And so uh, we are coming together as a church to just help them in that adventure, uh, and we will continue to do so. And uh, so we, a lot of you went out there just a couple Saturdays ago to get them moved into their new place, uh, set up all, the, uh, all of the you know, shelving and all that stuff, and now we want to stock the shelves. Uh, and so that is a us thing. Uh, and, and so we have boxes here. My ask for you would be just snag a box on your way out. On the front is a sticker that has all of the instructions you could possibly desire. What are you getting? Where do I drop it off? When do I drop it off? What if I can't go? I'm out of town. You can scan a QR code and order off their Amazon list off that thing. There is no excuse for you to not be generous uh, with Hungry Souls this season. So take a box in. And I'll say, I mean, you could even take this and take it to your workplace and have it there. There's the list of everything you're gathering, uh, and you can make it something at, at the office. You could take it to a classroom, kiddos, make it a class project. Hey, we're collecting this for Hungry Souls. They feed the schools here, and so uh, I just think that's an easy yes. Uh, so take that, fill those up. Frankly, I feel like we could do twice as much as that, uh, but, uh, and maybe we will. Who knows? Uh, but I would love for them to freak out with how much food uh, that we have available for them. So snag a box, fill it up. You'll be bringing it back in two Sundays, in two Sundays. You're like, that's not a lot of time. Would three Sundays make any difference? Exactly. Uh, Two Sundays is what you got, so make it happen. Uh, Also, December 11th, we are bringing back our sixth annual foster care Christmas party. Uh, And I'm super stoked to do that. Obviously, we couldn't really do it last year. We we sort of did with the drive-through Santa snow globe thing, uh, but uh, this is something that we've done historically as a church. Those of you who have not been with us in two years, uh, this would kind of be news to you. So uh, every year we host a Christmas party for foster families here through a uh, through an agency called Depelchin. They're based out of Austin, but they come out about 200 of them. Uh, come out here, not all kids, like the families, that's parents and kids together, uh, that are all associated with them, and they come out, and we just host this huge party for them. We bring a Santa out, we're going to have mega bounce houses, uh, and, and, but our responsibility as a church is to feed them, uh, and so we do a huge church-wide potluck for them. It's insane. Uh, but there is a sign-up. You got the, the, uh, your guide when you walked in that I've been encouraging you to get because those are important. Uh, pick those up as you walk in. Uh, on there is the QR code. It'll take you ex- directly to a sign-up. And you can, you can pick a, we'll bring a turkey. We'll bring mashed potatoes. We'll bring Hawaiian rolls. Hawaiian rolls always fill up first. Why? Done, right? Uh, and so, but sign up, bring something. There's the details on there we'll, uh, to drop them off at that time, but that's for December 11th is when we're doing that. We will need volunteers too, so there's sign-ups also on there to, to sign up to, you know, be a bounce house monitor, you know, and, uh, or work in the craft rooms and stuff like that. We'll need kitchen, um, you know, just that's, a, that's an insane venture, uh, collecting that much food and getting it all out for them. But, uh, but anyhow, so there's that. And then the very next day, December 12th, we will have a uh, kind of the open house, big community-wide Christmas extravaganza festival, 2021 Santa 
Chris, whatever, every word, hot word we could think of, uh, out here on this campus. And we're going to have, again, another sand experience. We're capitalizing on the bounce houses already being here, trying to be, you know, fiscally responsible and, and, and doing both at the same time. So we'll have that. Uh, we'll have good crafts for them and, and, uh, and numerous other activities uh, for the community at large. But that's a big thing. That's for us. Uh, just to have a huge, big Christmas party out here. Uh, and so that's December 12th uh, from 1, that's a Sunday, from 1 to 4. So after Sunday, we'll kind of turn things around and get ready to host uh, this city coming out to check out uh, what's going on. And, and if you just offer anything, Santa, anything, hundreds and hundreds of people are going to show up. So we want to be ready for them, uh, and we want, uh, you know, we want to you know, clean up our room, if you will, uh, and get that building ready uh, and all that. So we're excited to do that, excited to show the community what's going on here uh, at Vandenberg. Lastly, uh, citywide is coming up. It is coming up, and it will be in January, but I know with Christmas and all that, uh, you're ignoring it, and you're thinking, I'll get to that in January, but then when you get there, it's going to be on you, uh, and so it's something we want you thinking about now. We're hosting it here in January, and so uh, you have, uh, I can't remember if that's on your thing there or not, uh, but, uh, uh, but make sure you're signing up for that, getting your kids plugged in. Uh, that, is, that is middle through high school, correct? Yes, middle through high school, so sign up if you have any questions about Citywide. That's like the D now. Any of you have been in church a long time, but I never went to D. I, I didn't know what D now was when I got here. Uh, but it's just a big event uh, that, that spans over a couple days for all the students in this city. And the cool thing about Dripping is the whole city gets together. It, usually a church does theirs, a church does theirs, a church does theirs. Well, in Dripping Springs, it's called Citywide because all the, all the churches come together and they do one. And we're hosting that here at Bannonburn this year. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm, I'm just stoked to do that and to have that. And just that spirit of our, our youth guys in the city working together in that way is just something that actually Austin took a note and they tried it last year. And they're like, what they're doing in Dripping Springs is pretty cool and Austin did it. Uh, and so anyhow, uh, okay. That's, ju- that's December, y'all. That, that, that's just the next 30 days, okay? Uh, so uh, and I know you all got your own work things going on uh, in office parties. Uh, say no to those and come to ours. Amen? Okay. <laughs> All righty. Well, today we are continuing uh, flipping the script in Ephesians, and, uh, and I got Ephesians 5. I don't know what bet I lost. Uh, this is our, the marriage piece of Ephesians, um, and, uh, um, and I just avoided my wife all week, um, uh, so I wouldn't have to deal with any of this stuff. Uh, but today we talk about marriage, and I couldn't think of a better example for us in pop culture of, 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 uh, of marriage than this. Um, you know, just that battle of, of good versus evil, right? Uh, now, which one is the wife? Let's all, by show of hands, just kidding, um, right? Uh, the empire. And so what's going on here, right? Luke and Vader, they're at it, uh, right? This force of evil, this force of good, and it's just, there's, there's conflict. And then eventually Vader lops off Luke's hand, right? In that gruesome scene, ah! right? I mean, you got it handed to Hammond. He was a cry, like he could just mean cry, right? Uh, and he's just like, no! Uh, and he's losing his hand. It's just this, man, sometimes, like, and things are, things are going wrong. And Luke is hot with rage. He can't handle the fight. He got into it, and he wasn't ready. And Vader just, boom, off. Uh, and and then, you know, one of the most famous lines delivered in all of Hollywood history is delivered shortly after this part. And then, uh, yet, after this conflict in, in the uh, return of the Jedi, there is some redemption, right? Because Darth Vader, what does he do? He kind of, he's like, no, maybe I'll start making the right choice. And he'll take the Emperor, uh, and he will rebel against his boss, this force of evil, and with lightning striking and coursing through his body, right? He will throw the Emperor over this moment of, of redemption and great sacrifice, um, and this is marriage. 
Amen? Right? Two people in the saber pick are coming together. And did you know there's no such thing as marriage problems? He's got problems. And she's got problems. You're just bringing those problems in. Right? And I wager most of you, like when you're thinking about this is an issue within our marriage, it is tip- it's typically not because y'all are coming together. It's because you're just bringing your problems in with you. And there's these forces going at war with themselves and that this can happen, right? And then we do get hurt, right? We can hurt the other person. Things can get ugly, right? Things can start flying across the room. Damage can happen. Yet in that conflict, you get some wins, Every now and then he does the right, he'll empty the dishwasher, you didn't even ask him, and you're like, Jesus, I've been praying for this, right? Right, or she'll do the right thing again, you'll just happen to notice, you know? And there's redemption here, and and you make up, right? And making up is great, right? You may even attempt to start removing a piece of clothing. But then when you do so, you realize, oh, dang, what's under that clothing is not what I expected, you know? And some things have changed, you know? This is just one giant picture of marriage, is it not? No playing. Um, Honestly, here's my point. What changed in the moment of Vader throwing over the emperor? What changed from sabers to savior? What changes in the middle there? Luke, I am your father. And this identification sets in a mode that takes, you know, multiple movies for them to finally come to grips with this new information, this idea that there's a different thing at play here. It's not just about what I desire or what I want, that there's an identity associated with us that matters, that changes things, that can, that can absolutely change the trajectory for, for these guys. And you're watching it and you're thinking, man, if they, right, because then when the one, then you go back and you watch them, especially when you watch the regretful, you know, earlier episodes, I say, er, whatever, you know, and you're like watching all of this happen, you're like, but if they only knew, wait a minute, Vader, hold on, don't do that, don't you know, he's just, you know, or Luke, if you only knew, and you're just watching it like that, and you would know if they only knew who that person was, then it would change how they relate with one another. And I'd wager that many of our problems in marriage stem from a position of forgetfulness of who that person is. That long before they were yours, they were God's. And God has a very specific identification for that person, not only before marriage, but in marriage, that he assigns, he ascribes to the husband and to the wife an identity that you don't as husband and wife together, but that God, as, as the creator of this, establishes identities and definitions for these two people that we lose sight of. And when we lose sight of those things is when we come to savers. Because we forget that God has put him in this place, God has put her in this place, and we want to work outside of the designer and wonder why the design is getting messed up. Good marriages. Start with good theology. What does God have to say about her? What does God have to say about him? And this is the place, not not what do I always feel about that person, but what does God say about this? How might that inform how I husband or mother or parent or wife or whatever? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, 
I should have started Thanksgiving break early and been out of town this weekend. Uh, and maybe you're right, because you're, this is going to get interesting. Let's just start right now. Uh, Ephesians 5, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one, no one ever hated his, their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body, and for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Let us pray. <laughs> Father, uh, the first thing we do here, and I, and I love this, is, is you start with this scripture of you're just starting with submission. God, that's how we have to start here this morning, in submission to you. More acutely, God, in submission to this word, in this passage. And what do you want to do in us, God? What do you want to see through us? I really think it's just a fulfillment of your word. And so, God, would we sit under it here this morning as we, as we just trust you with this? And, and, God, this morning, wherever, man, however we hear things and, and experience things, God, we ask you to, uh, to move within us. Draw joy where we need joy and to remember things. And, God, draw conviction where we need it. But ultimately, God, draw us to your heart for us. And that we see this is not a message of oppression, but God, a message of freedom. And a message of, of grace and for hope for us. We love you, Lord. Be with us now. Amen. Now, let's just, we'll deal with the S word. Here we go. Submit. Let's dive right in. And I realize when I say that word, submit, it's like I've just put a bomb here and you're watching it like 24, you know, with it rolling down. And it's like my job now that I've said it to diffuse this before half of y'all walk out of here, you know. And it's like it's just ticking down and you're like, Matt, you need to move on and deal with that because I think I know what that means and, you know, whatever. So, so let's dive right in. Uh, what should, and, you know, and, and like we approach submit and it's, you know, it's just, a, it's just a weird word. Like none of us really use that word in, a, in our general you know, day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, you know, like, no one's, no one's going home thinking, God, what am I going to do today? I know, submit, you know? Uh, like, that's how I want to see my afternoon. Uh, and just not a favorable word. Because I think oftentimes when we hear submit, especially in this context, we immediately go and we start thinking of some abusive, weak male figure that is domineering, self-serving, and does not have your best interests in mind which I wager every one of you females in this room has had at least one experience with a male figure like that. 
And so when I say submit, you're like, but you don't like, you know, and that's where we come to initially is there's no way, there's no way. Because we think of some guy that wanted some level of submission, but it was not to care for you or to serve you. And I've had a lot of girls ask, not a lot of girls, but some girls have asked me, well, how does, like the younger ones, well, how do I submit to my boyfriend? I'm like, easy. You don't. Uh, (laughs) You don't. What is the passage? You submit to who? A husband. Right? You, You don't owe him anything, girls. All right, let him pay for everything. And then even after that, you just like, go on, get, okay? Uh, like, he, you don't know him anything. You do not submit to a boyfriend. And there's some boyfriends in here. I've already met you this morning. I'm sorry, right? But she doesn't owe you that submission, right? Y'all owe each other respect in this stage. You owe each other honor. But you do not owe each other submission. That is reserved for a husband relationship, Right? The call to submit is reserved for the husband alone. Women, you are not subject to submit to all men. I think that's the other thing. Like, it's like, I can't submit to men. No, what does the passage say? Let's go back to your own husband. This isn't saying women submit to men. That's not the message. That's not the message. Just one, ladies. You're like, but have you met the one? You know? And this is an unpopular idea. But where in the verse, y'all, where in the verse does it require him to earn it? (laughs) Like, nowhere in the verse does it say submit after he's earned it. I hear this all the time, and frankly, I have preached this. Oh, but wives, what this really means is he he has to earn that, and and then a submission follows. If he is the husband by that point, hopefully he earned it before this. That's the idea. That's what, that's what engagement is for. Once, once this covenant relationship happens, there is no biblical evidence to say that now the mission for him is to earn it. His appointment in this position is not earned. It is bestowed by God. A divine appointment. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. When a cop pulls me over, I don't say, hold on, bud, I'm going to go sit out a 50-yarder and check your pattern, you know, and see how tight he can get his, his shots fit. I don't say, uh, excuse me, officer, um, how's your quiet time? Right? That would be ludicrous. Why? Because he doesn't have to earn this authority over me. And whether... He deserves the authority or not, it has been bestowed upon him to exact his authority over me, whether I like it or not. And sometimes I don't. That bicycle cop, y'all, I mean, am I the only one? Never mind. I mean, he's gotten everyone in here, right? Anyways, um, I got a warning, though. But. And you would think the pastor card works, friends. It doesn't. I hide that pastor card with everything I got. Those, they, they never care that you're a pastor, it seems. But, Jim, I'm going to talk to you about this later. Apparently, I got some stuff I got to work out. I'm just kidding, right? But it's a divine appointment. We want to know how to be submissive, but the first thing we need to see, ladies, is just the call to be submissive. And I'm not saying, and right, well, easy for you to say up there, you know, a white male. Like, I, I get it. Like, this isn't... I, 
this is where we're, where we're at in the scriptures. Respect isn't something a husband earns. However, men, it is something that you fortify. It is something that you fortify, right? Engagement and dating and all that, you are earning it. But within marriage now, your job, men, is to fortify this respect, to fortify her call to submit. And if you abuse that, I'll tell you right now, God does not hold your wife responsible. He holds you responsible. Adam takes that, uh, uh, Eve takes the bite out of the, you know, out of the fruit. Who does God come for? Adam. That the failure for this does not land on the woman, but, but God will look at your marriage and oftentimes some of her failings and in some cases will hold us men responsible for that. Your appointment as a spiritual leader is a gift, a great gift. Do not squander it. Fortify it. Fortify it. You must appreciate that God has called her to submit to you. I mean, you have to see that. Like, man, like look at me like, man, God asked you to do this? Like, that is crazy. Appreciate that out of her for a minute. Of what that looks like. And when you make it nearly impossible for her to submit to you, what you're doing is you are getting in the way of her obedience to Christ. Let that set in for a minute. That should sober you guys. When you get in the way of your wife's ability to submit to you, what you are doing is you are getting in the way of her obedience to her Lord and Savior. I mean, I hope you feel that weight. We must appreciate, men, the call that God has put on her life. Live a life worthy of of the calling that God has put on her. Don't make this hard for her. I mean, that's the bottom line. Submission is hard enough without you being a bonehead, okay? And it is hard. First Peter chapter 3 will say this, For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. By submitting to their own husbands, there you see that word again, just to their own, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Isn't that weird? Like, why does it say that? If you do not fear the things that are frightening, this is in the, in the idea of submission. Why is that? Because submitting is hard. And it can be frightening to let go that kind of control, that kind of trust. is a scary thing. It is a risky thing for her to do. And if that is not something we receive for her safely, then that's a problem. And we're not doing our part right as men. Submission is scary. Obedience is scary. I mean, that's why it's called faith. And that's where God tends to show up anyways, right? Like when God's calling Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they make the decision to step into the fire, it wasn't, there was zero guarantee, God didn't tell them to go do that. He wasn't showing up. He wasn't in the fire before they were in the furnace there. They stepped in and boom, in the obedience is where God shows up. And this is our call within marriage. It is hard. It is scary. Obedience can be difficult. But that is where it is in those hard things, in those forges, in those crucibles that God shows up. And many of you know this, man. You've walked some hard, hard marriage trails. But you know that it was in that darkness, in that depth, when y'all had nothing else going for you. Oftentimes is where, and then if y'all both choose to submit that, then you'll see God start to do some beautiful things. But it does take two. Could you imagine being married to Joseph as Mary? 
hey, babe, uh, we got we to gotta go south. We're going to go to Egypt. She's like, uh, I have a newborn, bro. Um, right? She's like, why are we even doing this? I had a dream. Like, what? Uh, and she's like, all right. You know, it goes down south to Egypt. And then they're in Egypt. He's like, hey, babe, uh, so I think we need to go to Israel. And she's like, what? Is this for real? And she's like, yep, why? A dream, honestly. They're on their way. They're getting in there. And he's like, actually, I think we should go to Nazareth. And she's like, don't tell me. You know, another dream. And she's just like, move the dreams. And they just keep on moving this baby and this toddler around, you know, on a, whatever the travel looked like. Then, you know, it's been difficult, right? This was hard. Uh, and submission can be that way. It can be hard. It can be risky. Sometimes not always understood, not always clear. I'll tell you what submission is not. Submission is not subjugation. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever call for any human to subjugate over another human. Women, you are not called to be a man's subject. In fact, the Greek form of the word is in the middle tense. Which you're like, yeah, right? Which means that the verb is something you do to yourself. What this means is women, when it calls for submission, this is a power you have, you control. You are in control of this. It means that you have the ownership of the submission. You choose it. You have the power, the freedom. And what this verse is calling you to do is to choose that, to choose that power that you have. Another thing submission is not is servitude. Submission is not servitude. Men and women are co-heirs to the kingdom of God. They are equal, meant to be alongside one another in this mission of chasing Jesus. It doesn't mean that you sit back and don't talk, and that's not the picture of the woman that God celebrates. I mean, read Proverbs 31. That girl is after it, right? She's like, she's running a business. She's in some cases running some of the finances, right? She's dealing in real estate. The Bible will even call her a provider. And it says that she's clothed with what? Strength. This text is not telling you ladies to sit back and wait for someone to call on you. But you have a real gift of leadership to offer this world. Submission is not servitude. And submission is also not the absence of opinion. The absence or the absence of challenge. There is a way to challenge, and challenge is healthy. There is a way to challenge the action, but what we don't want to do is challenge the man. We can challenge an action, challenge an idea, challenge um, a behavior, but in a way that doesn't mean you're just attacking him as a person. Because then in that, the man, you, you know, they're, they're boneheads, ladies. You just got to work with them, right? They'll get reactive and stupid, okay? Right? But there's a way to challenge the behavior without making it about the man, and men, when they're doing that, recognize that and be peaceable. And be respectful. Sarah will say to me a lot, like, I'll tell her about something that's going on. And then, in, and she's the one in our marriage who has all the benefit of the doubt. She's the one who, like, actually loves you people, you know. Uh, and she, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love y'all to death. Y'all know that. Uh, but, right, we're all, like, I'll just be like, man, this is going on. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, but have you thought about, like, this you know, just to all benefit of the doubt. Well, have you thought about maybe you're feeling that way because, you know, 
you're kind of that way, <laughs> you know, and I'll be like, duh, oh, you're so right, but what she, what she won't do is in public be like, you know, man, my husband, you know, or man, Matt, this, or, or challenge me, or fight me on that, what she'll do, she'll come aside and pull me aside and say, hey, but have you thought about, it? she's respectful, especially publicly, because can you, I mean, ladies, can you, can you respect privately that which you slander publicly? I mean, this goes for you men too, but I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to out with all the friends just meh, 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 and come home and expect a regenerate heart. You need to feed it the right thing and respect him in this way. I think many people think that marriage should be without conflict. But a marriage without conflict is likely a marriage without communication. Typically, a marriage without conflict means that a spouse has taken the reins and the other has given up or resigned. Or one has abused the other emotionally or physically down to the point where the other one has no voice and neither of these is biblical. Conflict in marriage can be a healthy thing. Challenge can be a good thing. The absence of it probably just means someone has let go of their role. So what is submission? If I had to put it in one word or one phrase, sentence, it is the wife's inclination to receive and affirm her husband's leadership. It is the wife's inclination to receive and affirm her husband's leadership. It is a positive no, sorry, it is a posture. It is a, it is a disposition to, within yourself, do that hard, holy work of producing that. To see that God has put on the shoulders of him a role, a responsibility, and to make the counter-cultural decision of submission. In men, we need to feel that responsibility. We need to see what the Lord expects of us. And women's call to submit. And it should remind us of that weight. Of all the stuff plaguing the world today, <laughs> which, I mean, let's get a list going, right? Uh, you will never hear, you know, the problem with the world today is men initiating on behalf of their families. That's the problem. That's not the, right? You would never hear that today. Right? We want men to initiate. The world wants you to lead. You're like, I don't know, Matt, this sounds really, I'll prove it. All right? Right, you're, you're going on a date with a, with a guy, ladies, okay? And he's, right, y'all are getting ready to go. He, he's picking you up, hopefully, and uh, unless you're really creeped out by him, in which case you just meet him in a real public place, okay? And, uh, right, and, 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 and you look over at him, you're like, so what do you want to do? And he says, well, I don't know. Well, okay, we could go to Tilly's. They're doing uh, a prefix menu right now, and they're pairing it with some wine estate stuff. And it's like, or if we're not up to that, I think Lavache is doing a French cooking class. We could do that. Maybe go to Grolix after for a cap, you know? You're like, all right, uh, okay. Or here's man B. Here's man B. Uh, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Wah, wah, right? What dude are you going to, which one are you going to like? The one with the plan. The one who's initiating. The one who's got something going on, right? We want men to initiate. 
And we are called to do so. Who wins in this battle, right? The initiator. You are called to lead. And women, when a man does decide to lead, affirm it. Affirm that. Here's one mistake I see women make. A guy will feel the conviction to finally lead. He'll say, babe, let's go to church. Babe, let's get in a life group. Babe, let's pray before you know, our meal. Let's, let's pray before bed. And the woman will say, about time. Right? That is not helpful. That is not helpful. The truth is most guys are terrified to lead. They're terrified of leadership because they may look behind them and no one's following or they may feel awkward. They're getting over a lot of schemes within themselves of, of, I haven't done this. This feels really strange. I feel really uncomfortable. What if she's going to judge me? That approval that men super struggle with is breeded out of that. And they just, it's not that they don't want to. It's just that, what if this doesn't work? I don't feel myself. I don't know how to do this. And those first steps of trying can be odd, can be difficult. And so when they make those steps, and men, I'd encourage you to make those steps. Use Thanksgiving as an opportunity to do so. Don't pawn it off on everyone else to talk about what they're thankful for. You lead. You talk about what you're thankful for. You talk about, you affirm your family around you. You say what you appreciate about these people. You lead. Don't say, hey, okay, everyone else do this, and I'll say I'll make everyone else do this as a way to step back from actually taking ownership of it. You step in. You initiate. You make that move. Lead spiritually in your home. And ladies, when they do so, when these take these acts of, of obedience, when they take these acts of risk, meet them there. Affirm it. Babe, I appreciated that about you. Man, this was great. I loved that. Yeah, it was really awkward. Well, yeah, but man, I'm just glad we started. Affirm it when they muster the courage. And a reminder about this verse, ladies, when it says submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. It's assuming that you've already submitted your life to Christ and that this is a part of of your life. This is an act of worship for you. You've submitted yourself to the Lord. Now submit yourself to your husband. This is an act of worship. You don't have your relationship with God over here and then you have your relationship with your spouse over here. They're They're interconnected. You see that? Saying, submit to your wife, I, I, submit to your husband as you do to the Lord. This is, you don't, you don't have these things separate. Okay, well, I'm going to be right with God, but me and my husband, nah. It don't work that way, that they're intermingled. It doesn't mean your husband is God, good gravy. But it means that as you worship the Lord, that you make a hard decision to partner in and submit with your husband. They are weaved together. Why? Because we have a definition of marriage. Because marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. And that's the whole deal. You're like, well, why do this? Why even? Why is it this way, Matt? Why are they called to submit? This seems crazy. Well, yeah, in a relationship between two humans, it is crazy. It is hard if we don't have a design for marriage. But we do. The design for marriage is the picture of Christ and us. And in this image, the wife resembles and embodies the church, all of us. And so when we see a wife choose to submit to her husband, what it should remind us of is our submission to the Lord Jesus. That that is a holy act, a hard thing to do, and not always easy, and sometimes confusion, sometimes we don't always understand. I mean, has anyone figured out their whole walk with Jesus? Is submitting to him always just, you know, easy and makes sense and full of clarity? No. But this is why this picture of marriage is confined within the picture of Christ in the church. 
that as she does that, it should remind us, man, that's a holy act to submit yourself that way. And that's what I'm called to do with the Lord Jesus. This is worship. Marriage is so, it's just so beautiful in that way. And God will be worshiped in the way you treat him. In women, you get three verses. In men, you get three times as many. Why? Because we're just so easy to love, ladies. Yeah? No. This is a lot to say about Christ's relationship then back to the church that a man is to embody. And we've got to talk about a lot of that already. We're already working through all that. But if the girl's word is submit, then the man's word is initiate. Initiate. Why initiate? Because your role is to be Christ, and it's what Christ did for the church. He initiated. This wasn't the bride coming to the husband. This is why the man asked the girl to marry him, typically. Because it is, it is him coming down to her to say, I'm initiating this relationship in the same way Christ came down. And it's, right? we, weren't, we were down here, we were a mess. We were lost and broken and in sin, and Christ initiated this relationship. He didn't have to, right? And when it came down to it, the sacrifice was so painful, he was like, is this the way this has got to go? But he said, your will, not my will be done. And so we men initiate because it is what Christ did for us. The, coming back to the picture of what is marriage. That's why it has to be good theology. If you don't have the theology of it, the practicality of it is never going to make sense. Because sometimes the why will escape you or the how will escape you. But good marriages start with good theology. We initiate because it's what Jesus did for us, men. So initiate. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to be perfect. He pursued us in our weakness. He initiated. And so initiate with your wife. Initiate relationally. Initiate communication. Initiate spiritually. Initiate vacations. Initiate a date night. Don't always wait for her to say, hey, what are we doing with this? Men, we initiate. We step in. And I know that's oftentimes, I was just sharing this at our men's breakfast the other day. We were talking about uh, things that are hard about you know, just leading spiritually in the home. And, and I'll admit, as a pastor, I do it so much here that then I go home and I feel like a worthless spiritual leader sometimes. Because I'm so spent here spiritually in this and doing that, that by the time I, got, I get home, I'm just like, babe, I just can, can I take a break from the spiritual leading? And I do sometimes. It's a hard thing. Like, I get it. But this is our call to initiate a wife can't follow if there's no one leading. Well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Well, what are you doing? <laughs> and I know women are cray cray, okay? They are hard to understand. But, dudes, you just got to get one. You only have to understand one. Do the work, be a student. Right? Just one. Understand that this is your act of worship. Yes, initiating is hard. It was hard for Jesus, okay? Nails in the hands and spear in the side was not easy for us. It was tough. And it'll be tough for us too. But when you initiate, she gets to submit and she gets to fulfill her role in this whole picture of Christ in the church. And when that happens, you both win. Your love and your sacrifice in within your marriage should remind us of the picture of Jesus. Which begs the question, is there anything about your marriage that reminds anybody of Jesus? 
It's a mutual submission. Submit one another, right, as this whole passage starts out. That's how it works. Don't be slaves, be students of one another. And then you present her holy and blameless before the Lord. Your job is to lead her faithfully to the Lord. Woof. Did y'all hear what I just said? Your job, man, is to lead her. She's not dragging you to church. Your job is to lead her to the Lord. Faithfully. And that's really hard to do when all you do is lead her to yourself. Some of us are too busy leading the women in our lives to ourselves that we never lead them to the Lord. This is bigger than you. Uh, I remember a story when Sarah and I were going to A&M and, uh, and we went to the rec center together uh, to play racquetball. Remember this, babe? Uh, oh, I know you remember this. Uh, we went in to play racquetball and, uh, and so we brought some rackets. This is what Sarah loves this, by the way, when I just bring up a story from our back, you know, from our history. Um, we're playing racquetball and we're in there and like, you know, we're playing nice, you know, we're just kind of going back and forth a little bit. But like, I grew up playing handball and racquetball and played at A&M, well, like in the, in the course and all that. Like, I'd done this a lot, done a lot of tournaments for, for handball and racquetball stuff. So I was, I was okay, right? And so we were going back and forth and eventually I'm like, crack, right? And I just lay it in, you know, that racquetball, I just do boom, 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 you know, and I just like start volleying by myself, just like, you know, I'm like, yeah, like, what up? You know, I said my name, you know, uh, like just cracking that racquetball, you know, and I was just, you know, and I thought, man, like she's going to be impressed, you know, you think she was impressed? No, she was terrified, right? That ball whipping in and out, right? And, uh, and I made it about me. I know that's a funny example, but man, sometimes in our marriage, guys, I think it's easy for us to have the temptation to make it about us. And then what we do in that moment is we stop playing together. We stop making it about us. I'm chasing this thing. This is what I want. This is what I desire. This is what I'm going to chase. And we may just leave her in the dust. And then we wonder why she's so upset, why she's so confused, because we're not talking with her, and we've left a partnership there. We've, we've left communication. We've made it about a pursuit that we want, whether it's work, whether it's a job, whether it's a sport, whether it's a community sport, whether it's whatever, and life becomes that, and we leave someone in the dust, and we're confused why they have trouble submitting. And then when they challenge that, we get upset because what is getting threatened is that thing we want to chase because we've stopped chasing her. And out of that threatenedness of losing that idol in our life, We'll blame her. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. But that we present her holy and blameless. That's our role, to present her radiant, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless as Christ did for us. Treat her well, not because you fear her, but because you fear the Lord. And the call that he's put on your life. This is how God intended marriage. This is the correct ingredient. Mutual submission. Newsflash, none of your jobs are easy. But when we work together in our design and in our role, it gets a lot easier. Initiate and submit. In this, your marriage becomes not just a picture of Christ in the church, but a pursuit of Christ in the church. Man, that's what you want in marriage. 
not just we sit here in this passive picture of it, but in a pursuit of it. That's what you want in young people. That's what you want in marriage too. That's what you want in dating. You want to pursue, right? 2 Timothy 2.22 is flee the youthful you know, desires of your heart. And, and every now and then you look up and you see who else is running along with you. And you pop your head up. And you're like, man, who is in this spiritual world that I'm in? You look up and you realize you're racing through and there'll be someone there. You chase, you pursue with them. Not just spouses, but partners in ministry. Amen? Let's pray. Get out of here. Would y'all stand here as we we're gonna close? Uh, Father, man, some of us. I know it's possible, God, that may, may, some people might just be, feel really beat up right now. I, but I hope that here is all of this is a picture of what you've done for us. That there is, there is no way for us to possibly earn the lavish love you have for us. That frankly, we could have trash an entire history of marriages behind us, but God, before us, it's you on the throne. That you are a God of grace, a God who takes us and restores us and sets our feet on a solid ground. And so, God, for many of us, maybe our marriages are on rocky ground. Maybe they're, they're just teetering on the edge. God, would you restore those things? Man, for some of us, it's just, that's just our, our beck and cry. Our plea, God, is for restoration. It's for something different than the way it's been. And so, God, would we submit ourselves to you and and our marriages to you, our future marriages to you, of what we want for our kids. And God, just work within us. Would people see our marriages and see that you have risen from the dead? God, only you can accomplish this work. There's no way, there's no way that as a husband or wife, we're going to just choose these things on our own, God. We need your Holy Spirit working in the power of Him, empowering us to choose these holy callings. So God, we just invite you in in this moment. Just invite you in in this time, Lord. Make me a better husband. Make my desire not for myself, but, but to lead my family. So we thank you, God, for a word that recenters us in who you are. God, when a world out there is just begging for our attention and the redefinition of these things, God, let us come back to you, our first love. You are holy. You are good. You are the groom. We get you, Jesus, in this. We get you. Amen. Today, uh, would y'all go with God's blessing? I don't want you to forget to grab a box on the way out. Snag a box. Snag two. Maybe you want to take one to your work and then leave one at home. Put one in your trunk, whatever. Go to Sam's. Be generous. And you're not, you know, you're not just bound to that. If you want to go more, go for it, all right? So anyhow, all right. Go today with Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant to you his everlasting peace. Amen? See y'all.